Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Yankee Stadium in New York. In 10 innings, it's the New York Yankees 4, the Cleveland Guardians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And, well, we lost another series. The trend continues. We just keep losing series. And uh, I I know it's early. I know it's early. And Guardians Twitter was super negative tonight. I mean, angry, angry people out there. It's, it's not me. I'm not going to be angry tonight. Yeah, I'm recording it at night. Uh, I'm just... <sighs> lethargic about this team right now just uninspired about this team right now I, I I want to get into baseball season I just had a conversation uh with the family with the brother and asked you know figuring out what game we're gonna take dad to uh this May and uh I want to be excited about this team and about this summer and about enjoying baseball this summer, but they're not giving us much to get excited about right now. I mean, look at this game. Look at offensively this game. They score <laughs> they score two runs in the first inning, which normally would be like, yeah, high fives all around. All right, go team. But the way they do it in this one, it's... Uh, <laughs> The Yankees basically hand us two runs to start. We're on like a two-run handicap to start this thing. And it's it's the same story as the day before, as game two of this series. We do jump out to an early lead, and we just do nothing to back that lead up. We let them come back into the game, and ultimately we let them win the game because the offense just doesn't. Ay, they don't have any fight. He has got to shake this lineup up just for the sake of shaking this lineup up. Just give us something new to look at. Uh, so, yeah, the first inning, Quan with a single. Love it. Quan with leadoff singles. And then Rosario grounds into a force stop, a force out, shortstop Anthony Volpe, the second baseman, Glaber Torres. Then the throw back to first is high. And uh, Quan's out at second. Amir Rosario safe at first on a throwing error. Then Jose Ramirez reaches on a fielding error by Rizzo, who can't feel the ball going to his left, kind of boots it. So now two men are on via error. Naylor strikes out swinging. He had a bad night. He was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Josh Bell luckily comes through with a single. So, hey, I mean, we did get a hit. But man, those runners were given to us on base. Uh, Ahmed Rosario's double play. It should have been double play ball that wiped him out uh, in the first inning there. And how many times have we seen that? Quan with a leadoff hit. And then Ahmed Rosario immediately follows it up with a double play ground ball. He can't he can't keep hitting second. He you have to stop, Terry Francona. You have to. It's either a ground ball double play or a strikeout. Either way, it does nothing productive. I don't know if Andres Jimenez would be better at this point. I know how Jose Ramirez hitting behind Quan. At least he would make productive outs. 
Ahmed Rosario is not making productive outs. He is not a good two-hole hitter right now. He has been in the past. He's been aggressive on the base paths. He's, he's, he's got some rallies going in the past. Last year, he had some moments. But he is not a good two-hole hitter right now. Just drop him down in the order. Let him hit sixth or seventh. Shake this thing up. So Bell comes through with a single in the right field. Rosario does come in to score. And then Andres Jimenez gets one through the uh, through the infield. It bounces under the second baseman's glove. Uh, he gets through. I'll see what the expected batting average was. Bell's was a smash in the right field. He had an expected batting average of 690. Uh, Jimenez is only at an expected batting average of 260. Because, yeah, it just barely got through. See, he still squared at 102.7 mile per hour exit velocity, but a minus 15 degree launch angle. So he smashed it into the ground and it had just enough to make it through. Uh, whereas Bell hit his on a 7 degree launch angle. So he hit a rope at 102.9 to drive in that first run. So it is two base hits that drive in two runs. But the way we got there, God, it really felt like the Yankees were just handicapping us two runs to start this game, to see if they could climb back into it. And then the offense goes ice cold until the ninth inning. And give credit to Bieber, because Bieber was out there absolutely battling. I still am not sure Bieber has his best stuff. He is hard hit on this. He goes eight innings, which is impressive. Eight innings on only 93 pitches. He's up five hits. Two earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. That's your line for Bieber on 93 pitches. But he's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve times. Man, they were they were blasting some balls off him that clearly were not going for hits. The top five exit velocities, uh, they give you these top five lists on Statcast. The top five exit velocities, all Yankees. The top five distances. All Yankees. Um, yeah, Jake Powers. Jake freaking Bowers. Former Cleveland Guardians first baseman slash left fielder, right? Jake Bowers has the top two exit velocities on the day. Including eventually in the fifth inning, uh, Bieber just loses it for an inning and ends up giving up two solo home runs. Uh, the first one, uh, was to Willie Calhoun, which I can't believe we're giving up home runs to Willie Calhoun, and the next one was a Jake Bowers uh, after a Harrison Bader flyout. So uh, they uh, they both had pretty high expected batting averages, 590 and 890 respectively. Would have been a home run in 14 out of 30 ballparks and 17 out of 30 ballparks, so not cheap home runs. Uh, let's go to these matchups here and see what these pitches were uh, from Bieber to, to uh, Calhoun and Bowers. Uh, it's a cutter at the fourth pitch of an at-bat. He's down in the count to one, and he comes with a cutter middle of the plate, middle, middle to the left-handed hitter, and he spins on it, 99.7. Uh, it had less it had less break, so he throws him a cutter on the first pitch of the at-bat. Had a little more vertical break. Had a little more horizontal break. This one was a little flatter. Uh, He spun it a little more. 
I don't know if that has to do with the cut on it. Uh, I actually heard an interview where where he talked about the cutter and the slider, and he does. They are two distinct pitches for him. Uh, he he has a plan for both those pitches. It's it's slightly different for him. Uh, but the second one doesn't cut as much. Just kind of spins right there in the middle of the plate, and Calhoun blasts it out to right field. And then Jake Bowers, another lefty up, works a six-pitch at bat. So give him credit here. He starts down 0-2 after a called strike and a fouled-off slider. Uh, and then he goes knuckle curve down out of the zone that he lays off, slider out of the zone that he lays off, knuckle curve down to the knees that he fouls off. Could have taken that one too. So it's a 2-2 count, and then throws him a slider that just hangs a little too high. It's uh, it's middle of the plate. It's down at the thighs, but everything the last you know the last few pitches he threw him, the last three pitches he threw him were all at the knees or below. This one just hangs up a little bit too high, probably a little higher than Bieber wanted, and Bowers is able to go down and get it at 105.1 mile per hour exit velocity. Man, after all those low pitches, wouldn't you love to have seen a high fastball? We talked about it so much. Doesn't give him a fastball in this at bat. It's cutter, and then it's slider, knuckle curve, slider, knuckle curve, slider. So that's how they get their two runs off of Shane Bieber. Other than that, he—I mean—he limits—he limits the damage. He—he—he he, he really seemed like he was in command of the game for the most part, pitching very comfortably, uh, pitching very efficiently. The fact that he goes eight innings on ninety-three pitches, nothing eye-popping as far as CSW numbers go. Uh, you know, he's got. Eight whiffs on 45 swings. It's only an 18% whiff rate. He does have 17 called strikes uh, in there, mostly between the slider and the fastball. He threw the slider the most on the day, 44 times. Uh, so it's a 27% CSW, which uh, I think we all expect a little bit higher from Bieber than 27% CSW. I mean, this guy, this Bieber is someone who used to be a dominant dominant strikeout pitcher. I mean, that was his bread and butter. Yeah, you might get on base. Hey, you can get someone a third with one out, but he's just going to blow things by you. He's just going to strike you out. Uh, I want to look at his percentile rankings because some of these things have dropped. So, uh, yeah, in his Cy Young season, 2020, the shortened season, I know, but still, 98th percentile for K percentage. 2021, 94th percentile for K percentage. 2022 drops to 65th percentile. All right, still top half of the league at least. Right now he's in the 18th percentile for K percentage. 18th. That is a significant fall from literally top 2% of the league in his Cy Young season to 8 percentile in K percentage. Oof, that's not that's not good. And then the barrels are up. So, I mean, he went, he was in the 48th percentile, then the 29th percentile, then the 50th percentile. Now he's up to the 58th percentile when it comes to barrel percentage. So they are barreling him uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, expected batting average and expected slugging he was he had he was in the red. I mean, he was mostly in the red in that 2020 season. Top of the league 
and now it's ice blue. Expected batting average, he's down in the 18th percentile as well. He was in the 91st percentile in his 2020 season, 69th percentile in 2021, 40th percentile last year, and now down to 18th percentile uh, for expected batting average. The numbers are going in the wrong direction here for Shane Bieber, but we we know he's still a good pitcher. We we know it. We we see yeah, he, he was working really well in this game. It just man, it's just not the same for something hasn't locked in this season yet. He is way off, way off his numbers there. Something hasn't locked in for Shane Bieber yet. So, uh, you know, they climb back into the game. Our offense is doing nothing. Uh, you know, we do, we get two hits with runners in scoring position early, and then we get one late. But other than that, there's a large chunk of this game. So, in the first inning and the ninth inning, we get hits with runners in scoring position. Those are the three hits with runners in scoring position. We went three for 14. That means the rest of the game, we were 0 for 11. With runners in scoring position, which means there were plenty of opportunities out there to extend that lead, to give Bieber a nice solid cushion to work with. Instead, we really gave him no cushion to work with. And he showed his humanity in the fifth inning, and we never had a response. So the ninth inning comes up, and again, it's ugly baseball. It's not even it's not even a moment you want to high five. It starts with uh, it starts with Miles Straw with two outs, who bloops one in the left field. The left fielder comes charging in, can't make the catch. Uh, who was in left field at the time? They did a lot of switching around. Cabrera was in left, or maybe Kiner Falefa. Like I said, they did a lot of switching around here. Uh, can't make the catch, comes sliding in. A ball gets past him. Straw hustles for a two-out double. All right. At least give Straw some credit there for running hard out of the box and turning that into a double, getting himself into scoring position in the ninth inning. I'll give a little credit there. Then Oscar Gonzalez comes up, pinch hitting for the catcher position in the nine hole. And again, another bloop in the center field. And it falls into no man's land. And they end up absolutely, the Yankees absolutely destroy themselves sliding for this baseball. Uh, Bader in center field almost breaks his neck or a shoulder or something, gives himself a concussion. It didn't look pretty. Uh, he collides with uh, Kiner Falefa in left field, and uh, the ball drops. Straw comes in to score. We take the lead in the ninth inning, and you're like, yay, but what an ugly play. So It's not even something you want to – I mean, you don't want to see a guy slide and almost – you know, break his neck in a collision. So uh, I, they get the run home, though. That's the hit with runners in scoring position there. And Quan would ground out. He'd hit it hard, 98.7, but he ground out to end the threat there. So Classe, all right, fine. Classe in the ninth inning. Hey, maybe Bieber keeping us in this game is going to work out after all. Rizzo with a leadoff single. They pinch run from him. Peraza almost breaks his ankle, sliding into second on a steal attempt which everything that could go wrong went wrong. By the way, it's just an ugly game in general. It's pouring rain at this point. It was like a cold, drizzly night all night, and then by the 8th and ninth inning, it's just a pretty steady downpour. 
you know, Oscar Gonzalez is trying to dry off his bat during, you know, sw- swiping the bat through his legs in the middle of his at bat. Uh, and then on the steal attempt, Peraza slips on the infield dirt. You got to imagine it being so wet had something to do with that. Uh, and then uh, our catcher, uh, who can't, I'm blanking on names right now. It's late. Zanino uh, barely get a grip on the ball and throws a dribbler out to second base. Uh, Peraza looks like he's going to fall on his face, but he somehow saves it. But that means he can't even slide. So he goes in like, standing into second base, literally trips and rolls his ankle over the bag as Jimenez is trying to tag him and slaps the ball off his leg and it rolls away. Rosario recovers it. It doesn't matter. Peraza can barely walk. Uh, So they have to take him out, but they do get that runner to second base. And then uh, DJ LeMahieu would ground out to first. It would move the runner up to third. And then Willie Calhoun again would come up and would single in the left field. He'd, he'd hit one a 100-mile-per-hour exit velocity, a rope in the left field, and uh, they tie the game up. Class A would blow the save. He threw him a cutter in that missed, and then he threw him another cutter right down the middle of the plate uh, at the same location he hit a homer on earlier in the game. But, you know, the difference between Bieber's cutter and uh, Class A's cutter is about 10 miles per hour difference. And it's probably the difference between pulling the ball into right field seats and just being able to line one into left field. We're making Willie Calhoun look like an absolute star. His only home runs on the season have come in the last two games. His batting average... His batting average has jumped 30 points in the last in this series against us. He went from a 220 hitter to a 250 hitter. He doesn't have that many at-bats on the season. He's got 52 plate appearances. His batting average jumped 30 points. His OPS jumped almost 200 points, 190 points, in just in this series against us. So yeah, we're we're making Willie Calhoun look like an absolute star uh, out there, and uh, makes us pay in the ninth inning. Oh, the tenth inning, we can't get anything going. Uh, Ahmed Rosario has a chance again, non-productive at bats. This kills me. We get gifted that runner on second. We talk about it all the time how the away team tends to have the advantage in these situations. Ahmed Rosario has to have a productive at bat here. If you can't get the run in, at least get him over to third. Instead, strikes out. Runner stranded at second. They intentionally walk Ramirez and Naylor grounds into a double play. I told you both these guys had terrible games. Grounds into a double play. And Strandquan doesn't even move off second base. Uh, they uh, have a much better ninth inning than or tenth inning than we do. Stefan comes in, and uh, he doesn't have it. Walks Jake Bowers. Connor Falefa sack bunts him over, and then Trevino with the walk off single to win things for the Yankees. Uh, what was the uh, Trevino went down and got one uh, slider for a called strike. A swinging strike uh, on a slider down at the knees, frankly below the knees. And then he throws him one more even a little bit lower, and this time he doesn't miss it. He, he goes down and gets it and shoots a right uh, a, a line drive into center field and uh, walks it off. He just goes down and gets one and flares it into center field. 81.7 mile per hour exit velocity. This is not, 
Didn't square, didn't barrel it. Just, just put it in play, and good things happen for the Yankees. So, it's, it's. I hate losing to the Yankees. I just don't. It, there's just, it's not enjoyable right now. Guardians baseball. I'm fine with us winning ugly when we're at least like being aggressive on the base paths and doing fun things and steals and I'll even take sack bunts. I don't care. Just just being creative and doing creative things and being aggressive. And it's just not that right now. It's strikeouts when you don't want strikeouts. It's grounding into double plays. Once you get a guy on base, it's just really really kind of demoralizing baseball right now. The good news is we get an off day and then we come home and we get to face the American League Central. And man, we need we need some games against the American League Central. We got a three-game set against Minnesota, then a three-game set against Detroit. And uh, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be nice to come back and start playing our own division a little bit because that's frankly how the Guardians rack up a lot of wins. They beat up on their own division. Like again, we joked about the Yankees being in last pay, place, but they were fifteen and fifteen. They were half a game better than us, and they were sitting in last place. Yankees definitely got the better of us this series, this season. Uh, you know, we've already done our home and away against them, so uh, you know that's over. We we didn't really get revenge for the playoff series. Uh, you know, so it's a rough one. But it's also, you know, Bieber talked about in this interview he did with MLB Network how they've been playing in just nasty weather, just nasty stuff. So we haven't even gotten we haven't even gotten to summer yet. So don't give up, don't give up yet. But it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be frustrated with this team. Just don't give up yet. Francona's probably got some things up his sleeve. The young pitchers have looked very good. There's probably more coming. We got more bad news that Esposino, someone we thought might be coming, uh, had shoulder surgery and he's out 12 to 14 more months, uh, which sucks. I, I, it's not someone I was counting on this season because I just I haven't. He hasn't been out there enough. We haven't seen him really. So you could tell me this guy was great. Uh, you know, two years ago. And I saw some of the strikeout numbers. They were impressive. But we just haven't we haven't seen anything from him. So I, I just I never really got excited about him yet, even though he was the top ranked prospect and you know top, tops in major league baseball. Uh so someone that we thought would be an exciting player that maybe this season, I, the way we're going through rookie pitchers right now, yeah, probably would have pitched this season. Gonna be out another year at least, maybe a year and a half. He might not come back till the middle of next season. So that that stings right there. More more depressing news, frankly, uh, going on with the Guardians right now. Uh, it will be Battenfield starting on Friday. He's getting Plesak spot in the rotation, kind of. So it's going to be Battenfield, uh, Logan T. Allen, and uh, Quantrill going in this three-game set against Minnesota. So Plesak may have lost his spot in the rotation. And Savali and McKenzie are closing in on coming back. So it's only going to make things more complicated for a guy like Plesak, for, frankly, a guy like Quantrill. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they don't 
keep the rookies. Come on. The rookies are the only Logan Allen and uh, Tanner Bybee are like the only things we have right now as fans. So MVP on the day. I mean, Bieber did go eight innings pitched. It, it was a very solid performance from Bieber. Uh, he would have been in line for the win if Class A doesn't blow the save. In the ninth inning. So, Bieber's taking home MVP on the day. Did he do anything spectacular today? I guess just be efficient. Just be, I mean, way more than Clark Schmidt was on the other side. He was gone in four and a third innings on 79 pitches. Although he was only hard hit six times. So, uh, yeah, Bieber gets MVP on the day. And again, a, a day that's not not too inspiring. not Not too great. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm trying to make the best of a bad situation here. Uh, it's it's really rough. I'll, I'll add to this. I'll add to this before I wrap it up. If you, if you stuck with me for the whole episode, you get a bonus stat on this one. Looked at the team numbers on StatCast. Guess who's dead last in barrels? Your Cleveland Guardians with 34 barrels. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay has 94. We have 34 barrels. Tampa Bay has 94. Remember, barrel has to do with not only exit velocity, but also launch angle. So, yeah, you can hit one 102 miles per hour, but if you hit it straight into the ground, like, say, Andres Jimenez in the first inning here, it doesn't really count as a barrel, right? It's a slow chopper through the infield, even though you hit it hard. And same thing. If you sky one, if you hit one like a 46-degree launch angle, yeah, you could hit a what they call a major league pop-up. Right? A major league fly ball. You can hit one way up there, but no one really cares how hard you hit it. So it's a launch angle, right? You got to be in that sweet spot for launch angle plus the exit velocity. That's how you get a barrel. So not only are we dead last, obviously, in barrels, but also in barrel percentage. 4.3 barrel percentage, bottom 1% of the league. We we are the bottom of the league there. Um, So, yeah, so it's it's just a bad sign from your Cleveland Guardians offense right there. Uh, So, all right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Cleveland baseball morning. Clearly, clearly there's some things... they talked about it on the broadcast. You know, Andre Knott was doing his best for Valleca and uh, for the hitters. You know, they've been working. He says, we come to the ballpark every day and we go to work on this. It's just not translating in the games yet. And I do wonder if Francona literally just jumbling the lineup might be enough to kind of shake the cobwebs off some of these guys. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. If you have a solution to the offense, shout it out. Let us know what you would do if you're in Francona's shoes. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.